Very good morning to you. It's James Ross uh, with Money Talk. It's 17 minutes past eight. Let's welcome our guests uh, to the show. Enzio von File, Capital Preservation Specialist at Financial Shield. Good morning, Enzio. Good morning, James. And let's say hello to Richard Harris, uh, CEO of Port Shelter Investment Management. Good morning, Richard. Hello to you, James. Well, what do we make of uh, the stimulus by China allowing banks to keep smaller reserves? Uh, it's a big amount of money. What do we think, Richard? Is that going to have a, a, the desired impact? Well, I hate to say I told you so, but I, I have been telling <laughs> you so, James, over the last few weeks that, you know, the authorities are were very likely to come in with the big bazooka, put quite a lot of money into the market. They decided to put money into the stock market. We are talking a lot of money, you know, the three trillion one, three hundred odd billion U.S. dollars, and that's on top of other uh, packages that have been done. You know, a hundred billion there, hundred billion here. Soon that's up to real money. Um, perhaps the real thing we're all waiting for is some sort of solution to the debts in the property market, which are. Uh, may well happen with some kind of financial restructuring of that debt. But I think what we're seeing is the authorities starting to react to reflate the economy, uh, and that's proven to be very popular in the markets. Enzio, is this tweak um, to the China banks going to make a lot of difference, do you think? Well, in the short term, absolutely, as we've seen. But I still think it's giving aspirin to an alcoholic patient. What I mean by that is that the real bone of contention that I have is what the Chinese have, have instituted for some years now, the party state capitalism, whereby the party gets to, already it has cells in every company, we know that, that's old news. The new news is that the party is increasingly going to be interfering with the direction which it allows private companies to take. And that's very important because it will then pinpoint sectors which it wants to promote the other private sectors which it doesn't want to promote that's not so good because the private sector accounts for 80 percent of all employment creation in china so if you're thwarting the private sector you're thwarting employment creation demand driven employment creation in other words what the market needs by way of employment and that in turn will impede growth so whilst the short term as richard is saying the cyclical measures are very good and it's good news. I don't, I just don't trust their stickiness. I think it's a, it's a band-aid that's going to fall off very quickly. I mean, yes, the Hong Kong markets, as Richard said, uh, bounced up yet uh, yesterday, three point six percent. Richard, does that mean that we're going to see foreign investors uh, taking another look at China now? Is it, uh, you know, would they be warming up seeing this kind of thing? Well, we've already seen China stocks in the U.S. pop last night, so. Uh, yeah, of course, every time there's this news in the market, there's a new narrative, uh, investors are going to look at the area. And this has really been my point, and I, I totally take on board NGO's view that this is short term. You know, it takes, takes years for economies really to turn around and uh, restructure themselves. Uh, but this is the best that really policymakers can do now, is try and put some stimulus into the markets. As that becomes a narrative, it's very likely the market is going to pick up this narrative. Um, my feeling has been that Hong Kong is actually like a warrant on the China economy. So when China does worse, Hong Kong does worse. When China does better, Hong Kong does better. So that's why at the moment I think that if we do see this narrative take off, it seems to be at the moment, 
then uh, Hong Kong's the market is more likely to recover uh, quite quickly. Now, closer to home, uh, the PBOC and the HKMA announcing new, mar- uh, new measures to strengthen cross-boundary financial coordination at the Asian uh, Financial uh, Forum. Uh, trying to pull Hong Kong together with China, is that good uh, for Hong Kong uh, NGO, do you think? Are we, are we going to see more measures like this? Oh, absolutely. I think it, this reminds me of my days in Germany when the whole area around Dusseldorf for the Rhineland became one big major power center. So I think that's all very good news. That's and and that's only to be welcomed. Um, and I, I think that will continue this this whole integration with the with the purchasing of housing of goods in China. In other words, go, it, consumers here going to the big box. Sams, etc., centers in Shenzhen and buying loads of stuff for a fraction of the price that they would pay in Hong Kong. I think that's all very good news because it equalizes the region. And that's just the inevitable trend with this greater Bay Area. So that really is on track. And I can only um, praise both governments for doing an excellent job at doing that. Richard, the Asian Financial Forum on at the moment, um, you know, there's quite a lot of talk around it, a lot of people popping up and, and saying uh, good things, perhaps. Uh, you know, it, uh, does it have any impact, uh, this forum? You know, do, do uh, markets and investors uh, look at what people say at these kind of events? Well, you, you have to be very cynical about these kind of global events. You know, people come, they have a lot of canopies, your glass of champagne. I think where the important thing is, is not necessarily what happens in the forum itself. Uh, although sometimes some economists come up with some interesting comments, but what happens on the sidelines, what happens in the cocktail parties, the relationships that people make. And I think if you're looking at, you know, what is the true value of these things, you know, and uh, all the rainforests that are cut down for people flying in on their private jets, mm. uh, are these kind of informal linkages? And uh, they can really only be good in terms of people understanding each other's position, each other's economy, um, and also to assist trade because I think one of the key things that we have to remember is that China and the US are very complementary. China and Europe are very complementary in terms of their trade um, and it's beneficial for both to keep that pretty much alive, whatever the politics is. Enzio, thoughts on the Asian Financial Forum? Is it uh, something that you see as important? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with Richard. It's, it's it's not really what is said there. It's, it's people voicing opinions, aren't we all? But it's very much just these networks being built, the the, the small comments on the side being made, um, usually after the fifth glass of champagne. Frankly, you're probably the most productive ones <laughs> because then people are a little bit looser in the in the tongue and they, they start communicating more affably. So I think, yes, it, 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 it serves a very useful function. Um, also, it, it's just great to have people around to, so that they can exchange views. Absolutely. And talking of things loose, uh, the BOG, BOJ uh, looking to end its super loose monetary policy yes. in Japan. And uh, some positive noises seem to be coming out uh, of Japan and continue to, to do so. Uh, Japan's exports surging to uh, record highs in December. That as those uh, labour talks um, kick off, which may indeed allow the uh, BOJ uh, to end that uh, monetary policy. Um, I know, Enzia, that Japan is something you keep an eye on yes. quite a bit. So current thoughts? Good, good news, especially on the labor front. I because if the wages do increase by 3.8 percent or so, that means that there will be it's kind of like an additional demand stimulus. It's like a tax cut 
basically, for the Japanese consumer because he's getting more money or she. And I think that can only help get this moribund economy going again. This Japanization has been going on far too many years, actually, since 1989, since I joined. No correlation, of course. And I think that um, you will find Japan beginning to motor again, albeit very, very slowly, because the Kaden Ren, with the with a few groups running the economy, is not yet unseated. So it will take a lot of time, but at least it's on the right track now. Absolutely. And let's turn uh, to the U.S. maybe for a second, uh, mm. Richard. Um, I know you've been following closely some of the political uh, developments, and obviously with Nikki Haley being, um, you know, sidelined at uh, the New Hampshire um, poll, uh, you know, things have uh, taken a slight um, change, I guess, or perhaps they've just underlined what we kind of almost knew was likely to happen. What do you think? Yes, the spectre of Trump is uh, rising again, and I think people are quite worried about that, you know, uh, except for Trump supporters, of course. If you look at the figures, um, I think it's reasonable to say that Nikki Haley did really quite well. You know, she's, uh, uh, okay, 10 points behind Trump there, but don't forget that she was lying a distant third in Iowa. Um, It really depends on whether her supporters still feel they want to back her. You know, every politician needs money and she needs money but the key thing is that if her backers pull out and say we're not going to do it then um, uh, then of course she pulls out and Trump is the uh, primary candidate very early on and can still start attack start to attack Biden so uh, you know it really does depend on what happens there but the most interesting thing and I think Hayden's biggest pitch, if you like, is the fact that if you look at the polls, um, a Trump-Biden race is probably still pretty well 50-50. However, if you look at the polls regarding a Haley-Biden race, it looks like Haley will win. So, you know, she needs to really look at the Democrat uh, primary voters and basically say, look, I've got the best chance of beating Biden. And I think that's a very powerful message. But whether it gets through in time is another matter. Um, vibes about the U.S. economy, of course, are good at the moment. And uh, I guess we'll see, you know, how the political situation could affect that uh, in the uh, coming years um, as the result of the election. But th- things are quite buoyant, aren't they? Microsoft uh, market value crossing the three trillion dollar milestone for the first time today. Only the second company ever for that to happen. The other one, of course, being Apple. Is that something, Richard, that, um, you know, you, you think is 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 important or is it just one of those numbers? I think it's been pretty extraordinary. We've seen some great earnings figures this week. We've seen beats in many of the big companies. And when earnings figures go up, the price value and price earnings ratio goes down and uh, companies look cheap again. And and this is extraordinary, I think, and probably justifies why the market went up so much uh, last year. Of course, we're all saying how long is it going on for, but the U.S. consumer seems to be extremely strong indeed. Um, and that is just going to continue to be positive for the U.S. economy. Enzio, how long is it going to go on for, do you think, in the U.S., that uh, that buoyancy? It's how long is a piece of string. I, I mean, many of us economists have been dead wrong about a U.S. recession. I'm still going to hang into, the, into the, that thread of, at the end of the boat that says it will happen at some point at Sudan, because don't tell me that higher interest rates don't fight in an economy, otherwise we can throw away all economics. Um but I do think that you will find that you, you, you keep on getting more and more reports in the news 
including, including also in, including your own good news reports um, about jobs being cut in America. And don't tell me that's not at some point going to affect consumer confidence. But for now, we just have to go with it. And, and maybe the, these time, this time things are different, but higher rates do, they are a form of a tax hike. And they do eat into people's incomes, especially in the consumer loans division, which is pretty big in the U.S., not as much mortgages because most mortgages are fixed. Right. So I still think that it's going to slow. Well, we'll watch with interest and uh, we'll get more on the, the U.S. Uh, market situation when we talk to uh, Barry Wood, our international economics correspondent uh, with The View from the U.S. in about uh, 20 minutes from now. Thank you to NTO Von Fahr, Capital Preservation Specialist at Financial Shield, and Richard Harris, CEO of Port Shelter Investment Management. <laughs>